Thanks to our sponsor, Omega Management Group, listeners of Crack the Customer Code receive a discount for registration at the 14th annual Omega Score Conference in Boston on May 25th through the 27th. This is the industry forum on CEM best practices to drive customer loyalty. Check out this episode's show notes for your link and make sure to sign up today. Welcome to episode 113 of Crack the Customer Code. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash customer code. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for all those books you've been meaning to read. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with the lord of the land of service. Adam Toporek. <laughs> greetings. Uh, greetings and salutations. How are you? Good. How are you? I am great. What's going on in the world of Jeannie? Jean Jeannie. Oh, gosh. <laughs> April and May are my busiest months, I think. It's been a little wacky, crazy, and I'm really grateful that I have a village because when you're raising kids and you're trying to travel as much as I do, you need your village. So thank you to my village. <laughs> to your village. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, May is, you know, CXPA Insights Exchange, where we are going to be talking with some folks. And uh, Curtis Copps is one of the keynotes. So I'm really excited to see him. He's a supporter of us. Um, and then C3 is approaching. And for Caledis Cloud. C3PO? Uh, no, but that would be cool if he showed up. Maybe he'll be there. So I'll be back in Vegas for Calidus Cloud C3 conference and uh, really looking forward to that one, too. They've got quite a lineup that I'm pretty psyched to be a part of. So, yeah, so Vegas and Atlanta and all sorts of places. So, ah, very nice. Speaking. Very How about nice. You? Well, I have my secret, super secret trip to Vegas planned. <laughs> oh. <laughs> ah, and I am deep. I'm in the lab. Oh, nice. You know what that means? I'm in the lab again? No. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm in the lab, deep in product development. Ah, excellent. We are working on a new, it's a double secret probation. Oh, sweet. Is what you have to be on to do this? Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, but we've got some cool new products we are look, looking to launch in the next couple months, and I am deep Excellent. in it. It is cool. So I'm looking excited for the time I'm going to be able to come on, crack the customer code, and go launch. Yay. Nice. Okay. Very well, nice. we will uh, anxiously await for you to uh, pull the curtain back on that one. Well, you know, Jenny, I think there's an app for that. <laughs> is there? <laughs> There's an app for everything. There really is. So we're going to talk about apps because mm -hmm. we love apps. I love apps. And we hate so apps. <laughs> I love them more than hate them. I love them more than hate them for sure. I have all mine like organized into the little folders on my phone. And I I mean, I use them daily. I, I totally adore apps and use them for everything from you know, tracking my workouts to looking up, uh, um, looking up ideas for the blog. I do all sorts of things on apps. How about you? I try to use apps to be more productive. Mm -hmm. I don't use it much for um, entertainment or anything like that. I basically use them for productivity. But I, the ones I use, I use like crazy. I live yeah. for them. And yeah, there's some I use for personal. There's some I use for business. Um, and what I really love about apps is just 
the simplicity mm-hmm. and that it's that it's immediate. It's right there and you're able to use it in the moment, which of course is how everything's moving. We talked about that a million times, mobile, mm-hmm. and we all live on our phones and all that stuff. Um, so let's talk about our favorite apps, Jeannie. Mm. What are your favorites? Well, I will say for business, because I am traveling a great deal with speaking and other things, TripIt, and particularly oh, TripIt Pro. Oh, my God. would marry TripIt Pro. <laughs> I, I think love so. that app so much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so if you travel at all for business, uh, listeners of the podcast, you've got to look at TripIt Pro. I think it's 49 for the year, not for the month. Right. For the year. And so that's less than five bucks a month. And what it does is you forward your itineraries to it. You forward your rental car, your hotel, your airline, of course, and it organizes them all into trips. So all of your stuff, literally by time. So it'll like, will have the flight and then it'll have your rental car pickup with directions from the rental car to the hotel and then from the hotel to the rental car on the way out. And it, you can sign up for all kinds of alerts. I was at the airport. I was traveling back. Um, oh God, I don't remember where I was traveling back from. And it was just, it was a disaster. You know, delays everywhere. The plane was too hot. And everybody else was sitting there. I'm like, we're at the next gate. They're like, what? I didn't see anything. We're at the next gate. I, t- I took this group of like five people with me to the gate. Yep, yep. Because uh, TripIt just was like all over it. Boom, your flight's been delayed 15 minutes. Boom, you know, yep. you, you're at gate A6. So when you get off the plane... And you mm-hmm. have a connection. I mean, TripIt is right there on it. You know immediately if you have a gate change or not. It gives you that comfort and that security. And it is incredible. Well, and we've talked about TripIt on this podcast before because, of course, we talked to Tabitha Dunn, who is a VP of Experience at Concur, which is the company that owns TripIt. And then we also talked to Amy Jackson um, last year at South by Southwest, who what who told us specifically about TripIt. So they, I they didn't, are I didn't remember that. That's funny. Yeah, they are always innovating. They're always looking for how can they serve their customer base better. And they really do an exceptional job of that. And with TripIt Pro, I keep getting alerts. First of all, I just pulled it up on my phone to show you how crazy my life is right now. Those are seven upcoming trips. <laughs> One starts this week. Um, so oh, anyway, the, uh, <laughs> I think you've got me beat by two. I think I only have five right now. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's yeah, cr- amazing, is isn't it? Cuckoo time. But uh, the thing I love about it is, you know, I've had to change flights, things pop up, you have to move things around. I always know all the information is there and that once you put it in there, it's it's going to take care of you. It's going to tell you if there's a flight change. It's going to tell you if you're delayed. It's also going to tell you if you can get a refund if you pay for trip at Pro, which is awesome. Yes, so- it does. It tell it does tell you if you're eligible for a refund mm-hmm. if there's a problem yep. with your flight. And I saw a little red flag on mine the other day, and I was like, mm-hmm. "What's that?" Because I just started using Trip a couple months ago. I was like, "What's the red flag?" Like, oh no! And it basically has a red flag letting you know if you have a um, whatever a turnaround that's like less than an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Like yep. heads up. <laughs> which is awesome. I mean, there's so much about it, and I always put my, uh, um, you know, my hotel confirmation and everything in there. And so then when you get there, you can just pull it up. I mean, I've literally gotten into a cab and been like, I have no idea which hotel I'm going to. So I better pull up TripIt and, you know, say the Hyatt, not the Hilton, you know, something like that. So, and, it, and it has everything you need. It has the reservation number, yep. all of that key item. So you know, I used to always carry a bunch of paper because I never trusted yeah, like having the email or my IMAP not syncing or whatever. So right. I'd, all, I'd always have a folder with like the key stuff. And now I will actually rely on TripIt. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, so we how love about you, you? TripIt. Um, 
you know, for I, I do love TripIt. I use a lot of apps for travel, actually. But then I also I'm always trying to find a way to get my thoughts together when I'm on the move. And one of the things that I've really enjoyed lately is Google Keep, which is kind of one of those Google products that not a lot of people know about. But it's great because it's basically a notepad. But what I like about it is you can um, color code things. You can make checklists, everything like that. And I use Evernote as well for specific things. Keep is a little more simplistic for me because it's just part of the program with Google and I use Google for everything. So I like that a lot. Um, and then the other thing that I use, I mean, I use a ton of like health apps. Um, one of my favorites lately because I'm trying to uh, get better at running <laughs> is uh, <laughs> RunKeeper. And I started paying for it recently because it's really about putting in a program that's customized for you. And I use that in cahoots with Rock My Run, which is another one of my favorite apps. <laughs> Rock My Run. Rock My Run, which is basically, it's a bunch of playlists. And you can select them based on beats per minute. You can select them based on time, genre, everything. And then people rate and review them so you can see which ones are good. They now have a feature where if you say, let's go now, they just put together a playlist that they think you'll like. Um, you can also, if you pay for the paid version, they'll actually match the music to your running. So like I was listening to a playlist doing that the other day and I could tell when I was going too slow because the music would literally slow down. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like getting Moonlight Sonata. You're like, yeah, exactly. yeah I need to pick it up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the it's the real song. So I was listening to like Billie Jean by Michael Jackson yep. and it was great. And then all of a sudden it started slowing down. And I was like, what's happening? Oh, <laughs> I have to keep up. So it's a great tool for that um, for me as well. But yeah, I love both of those very much. Now, do those tie in with like Fitbit technology or any of that? Yeah, so I use... Because I'm looking uh, at the Fitbit. I, do, I have a Fitbit, which I love too. And I use Fitbit, but they're kind of, they're all overlapping. So I do, you know, I get my Fitbit kind of steps by going on these runs, but RunKeeper actually pings me like, okay, it's time to walk for 30 seconds and then it's time to run and then it's time to do this. Today's the day you're going to do this many miles. And so it really, it prompts you a little bit more than like a Fitbit, which is more of a tracker. So all of those things kind of go together. And I know there are tools out there that probably do a little bit of everything, but I have found, I also use my fitness pal to track nutrition. I use uh, um, something called Rewire, which is a habit tracking app, which I think is only available on Android, which is very unusual, but that's a fantastic app too, because you literally just check in with yourself. Did I do this today? Yes or no? And they have, they have like, yes, I did fail or skip. So yeah. So when you, when you click fail, it's a real like, oh gosh, I said I was going to do that. And I'm using it for silly things. Like I realized I wasn't reading anymore. And I was like, why am I not reading anymore? I I love to read. So I just, it's like a prompt to myself. Like, oh yeah, I didn't make time for that today. What can I do better tomorrow? So yeah, I'm all about like these tweaks and self-improvement and all that. So it's, uh, that's where a majority of my apps live actually. But you know, I think this is, this is interesting because your, yours is a little bit uh, a reminder Oh, high future self. Yeah, we were talking about that. So I love high future self because there's these things you want on a certain time. Like I need to remember to do this by the 10th or I need to remember to do this on Tuesday. And you don't want to jump. I mean, my calendar is so full and my wife and I use combined calendars and it's insane. And I'm always like, please do not put tasks on the calendar. 
and you can use Outlook Task and all that, but it gets really, it can get really cumbersome. And also, you have to be at your computer, or you have to, mm -hmm. yeah. So with High Future Self, you literally just tap on it, pick the date and time, and I use Siri, so I'll just dictate it real quick. You know, like uh, don't forget to make an appointment with X. Mm -hmm. And you just whoop, and it just pops up like when right on your phone when it's time with an alert and a ding and says, Hey, don't forget to make an appointment with X. Nice. And it's just, it's great because it's so simple and in the moment. Mm -hmm. It's just for those little things, that psychic stuff that's in the back of your head, and yep. you need to know it's getting taken care of. Just like the having the pad of paper by your bed so you, right. you can sleep because you wrote it down and you know you won't yep. forget it the next morning. It's that same principle, and that's why I love it because it just gives you that psychic relief. So you, it's mm -hmm. it's done. You know, okay, good, I did that. It's gonna it's gonna remind me. Great. And I think that's what we're all struggling to find that psychic relief. Because if you look at the top apps, many of them are based on productivity. Many of them are based on how can I, you know, not forget things. How can I manage my to do list? All of these things, and even TripIt is kind of like that too. Because that's what that gives us is that peace of mind that we have all of the information where we want it and when we want it. And I think it's interesting that a lot of companies try apps and they don't do a really great job. And I think a lot of that comes down to somebody on high says, we need an app. And then they go and make an app that isn't super useful. <laughs> yeah, but the problem, the, yeah, company apps that are about existing companies making mm -hmm. apps are a whole different ballgame because a lot of pretty much every app we just talked about was made as an app play that's the business yeah that's true okay that's true making the you know i've talked a lot about the north face app because they have mm -hmm. one of the most brand loyal and dedicated mm -hmm. followings out there you know it's a niche product and they had a lot of trouble with adoption Mm -hmm. It's just like, what does your app, because we, we all, we've talked about this in future, uh, future, sorry, previous episodes, future episodes, we are, <laughs> we are ahead of ourselves, um, which is app overload. Mm -hmm. There's so many, I mean, I've done app, we've all done that, like had an app purge hour, you're just sitting oh, yeah. there, you're like, I got to get rid of some apps. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the question is, what value does it add? What value does the Macy's app add to my life? Right. Does it really, is it that much easier for me? Uh, you know, one app I think uh, my wife likes is the Zappos app. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's hard. I think the ones that are built around existing businesses are generally built around what they want. Right. And you've got to have such a dedicated following that if you get, you know, whatever tiny single digit percent of adoption, it's still worth your time to have mm -hmm. your IT team working on this thing and improving it. And, you know, doing your three percenters or however many people adopt it. Well, that's the thing. I think you have to make it for your loyalists. That's what it's about. And there are some great examples lately. And I talked about uh, some of the cool things Nordstrom is doing with their app and how they're really using both in-store and mobile technology to enhance the experience so that if somebody, you know, puts something in their shopping bag on the app, and it's a pair of shoes that's really expensive, and they don't buy them right away, but they're in there. If they walk by a store where those shoes are on sale, the app can ping them and say, don't walk by the store. <laughs> right. <laughs> walk on in and get those pretty shoes. You well, deserve the, them. The geofencing is one of the best uses of the app for sure. Mm -hmm. And that was one well, of the things North Face tried. It, right. And, but you have to use it for the purpose that your customers want it and not just because it's cool technology or whatever. I mean, the stats on this stuff, it's staggering. Only 16% of users will try an app more than once. And there is a 60% chance users who don't visit an app in seven days, within seven days, they never will. 
And so I know I've done that. I've downloaded an app because I think it's cool. And then I go through my, yeah, the purge, <laughs> the, purge. <laughs> the app, app, app edition. And I'm like, I don't even know what this is anymore. And so I just delete it without even trying to use it. Or if the sign up is too cumbersome or if they want too much information right away, all of those things can really affect how useful an app is. And I think for a while, people were really enamored with the idea of having an app. And now they realize that, to your point, it's not just having the app, it's innovating around it, it's updating it, it's making sure everything is offered in the way that your customers want. I think they have to look, you have to look at the app as a product you're selling, even if it's free, because they are buying it with their time. Mm-hmm. And you, that's the, I think that's why so many company, you know, existing company type apps fail. I mean, one that seems like I don't know the stats on whether it's been successful or not, but it seems like it would be successful is like the Domino's app. Mm-hmm. Okay, because mm-hmm. yeah, I don't have to give my card. I don't have to do right. this. I don't have to do that. Boom, boom, Starbucks. medium pizza. Right, things yep. that automate these processes that that's for, I mean, that really, it helps the company, of course, or they wouldn't do it, mm-hmm. but it helps the consumer actually make the experience easier and better. Yes. Did I tell you about my latest trip to Panera? No. This was exciting, Adam. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, I met a friend at Panera and they have these kiosks now. And it says, if you order by the kiosk, you'll get I don't know, a discount or something. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll try it. So I do it all. And at the kiosk, it says, don't forget to download our app. Now, I had tried looking up a Panera app because it seemed like such an obvious one to me, but they hadn't had one for a long time. So now they have this app. It's so great. And part of what's great about it is, yes, it tracks your loyalty points. Yes, you can pay with it. But now at certain Paneras, because this just happened this like last week, I went in and they have these numbers on the table. And it says, order with your app, and we will deliver to your table. So my friend met me at the table, and there was a line, of course, to order. And I was like, I'm going to try this. So I went through. You can use the menu on the app. It was more limited than what was there in real life, so I do want to say that. But you could write notes and customize your drink order and everything. And uh, so I ordered it at – it was like 10.18 a.m. when I was having this meeting. And it said – uh, sorry, there's a little bit of a delay. Your your order will go in at 10.22 a.m. Is this still acceptable? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's fine. So then we were like counting down, my friend and I, like, what's going to happen? And the guy, and I think he was actually the manager of the store, came over with our two coffees at 10.21 a.m. So exceeding our expectations. Oh, very nice. <laughs> but, it was it was really well done, super seamless, not what you would expect at these stores. And the whole reason we ended up at Panera that day, by the way, was because there was absolutely nowhere to sit at the Starbucks across the the parking lot there. And they don't have that kind of thing. They have where you can order in advance and pick it up. Pick it up. Right. They have all sorts of things. But I thought that was really clever for Panera to t- kind of look at what can they offer that's a little different, especially with food and everything that they're known for. So you can order a whole lunch. And I think about if I, you know, when my kids were little and what a burden it was to kind of set them up at a table and then run over and get the food. I mean, having this type of technology, that's totally awesome. It is very cool. I mean, I think it's an app world and hopefully our apps have helped you find some cool apps. Feel free to ping us and let us know what kind of apps you like. 
Yes, we are sure. always on the hunt for new apps to make us more productive, or in the case of Jeannie, to keep her Just happily deliver, fed. Yes, <laughs> deliver things to me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed episode 113 of Crack the Customer Code. You can see the show notes for this and all of our episodes. Subscribe and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. Stay current on the latest customer experience trends and see my TEDx talk at 360connects.com. And thank you to Audible for sponsoring this episode. To start your 30-day free trial and download your free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash customer code. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash customer code. And if you're interested in being a sponsor, reach out to us at crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor. I'm Adam Deporek, and you can, you can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training, as well as my book, Be Your Customer's Hero, at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.